Well, good morning, LCM. Today is Sunday, May 3rd, 2020, as we engage with our sixth sermon in our Into the Darkness series. We, we don't want to take too long to summarize the previous five messages, except to say that the Word of God is everything. Everything! Come on, do you believe the Word of God is everything? Oh, yeah. Yes! Yes! It, meaning He. Yeah. He. He. The even, word. Even in, even in the 2011 NIV. It he. says he. They got that one right. How about that? <laughs> he, the word, sends sons into the darkness. It defines true success. It grants glory and suffering. Is altogether sufficient. Yes. Come on. Go get me started now. No, get him started. Yeah. Encourage it. Let's, let's get this in. Crank it. You read it. Oh, and it is all complete and supreme. Our sermon today is entitled, Into the Darkness, Spiritual Light. Come on. Do you want some spiritual light? Well, take a deep breath because we have to clench with the dark reality that is all around us first. Let's go to the book of Isaiah. When you get there, discover the fifth chapter, land on it, and let us know by saying, Light! Amen. It's lighting up in here. Slide your finger down to the 20th verse where we begin. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. See church, in the darkness of our current world, it is all too common for those who are doing evil to celebrate as they herald their own self-described righteous good deeds. That's true. Wow. You know, it goes far beyond that. Not only have they called evil good and labeled good as evil, they have replaced the light of God's word with self-directed darkness, and they've actually renamed it light. Wow. The thing about that process is it takes away from the intended sweetness of God's divinely written word. Yeah. And it leaves only bitterness. The kind of bitterness that comes from dark self-deceptions. And all this is done while claiming to live in the light. Yeah, Church, when we're reflecting on a dark, evil life, our thoughts go back to the very beginning. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 1, and let's start in verse 1. Genesis 1.1. Great place to start. Come on, say light when you're there. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the waters. And God said... Come on, somebody say that with me. God God said... said. Come on, do you remember in our last message when we were talking about God said? That's His Word. And His Word, it creates, it changes, and it carries us forward. Saints, when men put forth darkness and call it light... It doesn't create something new in them. It doesn't bring about a change. It doesn't 
carry them forward. It really doesn't. In fact, you'll see the fruit of what light actually does, what light as the true source of life does in the next part of the verse. When he says, let there be light, and there was light, God saw that the light was good, and he separated. Somebody say separated. Separated. And he separated the light from the darkness. In the darkness, the story of man has always started with tohu vavohu. Come on, that's a nice yeah. thing to say, isn't it? Say it oh, with yeah. me. Tohu vavohu. I'd that rather mean... eat tofu than, than have to go through <laughs> tohu vavohu. That's right. It's talking about the formless, the void, the empty, and the dark. Those are all perfect descriptors of what life looks like without the light of God's Word. Yeah. Man. yeah. Saints, we see in this passage that darkness was over the surface of the deep. It was obscuring the contents in the heart of the earth. That's so true. God's solution was to speak His Word and introduce light. Yeah. That light, that, that is His spoken Word... It becomes the written word and it brings life everywhere that it goes. Yeah, that's so good. The light of God's word will always bring immediate and lasting separation from the darkness. Yeah. It did it then. It does it now. Oh, yeah. And it will always do yes. so. Come on, turn amen. with this. Come on, you can give it better than that. That's an amen. amen. Come on, let's turn to Exodus chapter 10. Exodus chapter 10. We're going to look in verse 23. Exodus 10, 23. Say light when you're there. Oh, here we go. No one could see anyone else or leave his place for three days. Probably couldn't get more than six feet closer to each other either. (laughs) Yep. They had six foot matzo bread circles Uh around them to keep anybody from bumping into them. (laughs) Yet. Somebody say yet. All the Israelites had light in the places where they lived. Yeah. yeah. Saints, in Exodus 10, we're seeing the darkness overpowering the people of Egypt. Yeah. Not only of physical darkness, mm. but the darkness of political leaders. Oh. Yeah. Isolation. Mm. Idolatry. Yeah. And even sinful separation from God. Yeah. It's true. That same darkness can be seen in church closures that are all around us. Yeah, even in the darkness of epic plagues, the light of God's word spoken through Moses to Israel, it illuminated the only source of truth that would lead to the salvation, the freeing of slavery, and the siring of God's firstborn and only unique son. The word is everything. Yeah. Come on, church. The word is everything. The written word of God, it created the nation. The word of God changed that nation. And then the word of God continued to carry that nation forward, even to this day. It did. In fact, consider Psalm 19 says that the whole world receives a general revelation of God. Yeah. But this nation, the nation of Israel, receives a specific revelation from the actual written words of God that the Bible refers to as light. Amen. Amen. Do you understand when we say Psalm 19 is a general revelation? The creation pours forth speech day and night that all men understand. The, The book of Romans says so that they're without excuse. But the 147th Psalm says God revealed His Word 
to Israel. There is a difference between having a general understanding of God and being without excuse and Him giving you His actual written word. The light of God's word has always been the sole source of truth. It exposes evil. It exposes dark and bitter deeds of this world. But most importantly, it separates that which is light from that which is darkness inside of every man. Yeah. Come on, church. The light of God's word introduced on the first day in Genesis 1. Not only continued in the time of Exodus, but it also continued throughout the time of the prophets. Let's turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3. There you go. 1 Samuel 3, verse 3. The lamp. Everybody say lamp. Lamp. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. I've always loved that passage. Look, in dark times, whether we're talking about Genesis or Judges... It almost always looks like darkness will prevail, doesn't it? Yeah. But the light of God's word has been calling to men throughout all time. It's been calling to men exactly like men inside of this room. In order to separate them from darkness and bring them into the light of his actual written word. See, we're looking in verse 3. Let's look down at verse 21 in the same chapter. It says this, the Lord continued to appear at Shiloh and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Come on. See, the continued interaction with the light of God's word will send sons into the darkness just like Samuel. Yeah. The continued interaction with the light of God's word will define success and bring glory in suffering. The continued interaction with the light of God's word will prove to be the sufficiency and the supremacy of His revelation inside of you. Come on, are you with us this morning, church? The revelation of the light of God in His written word creates something new in you. It changes you and it carries you forward. Yeah, it does. In the darkness, whether the dark ages of medieval Europe or the dark time of the judges, you can tell the difference between the darkness men call light And the only true source of light. God's written word. Because their darkness never creates life. Their darkness never truly changes people. Their darkness never uh, carries out or carries forward into eternity. You know the difference by what it produces. Let's turn to Psalm 36 together. Actually, this psalm, uh, a brother walked forward to prophesy this right towards the close of worship. And I was tempted to let him do it, but I decided we would preach today. You know, I mean, he heard from God. He was right on. He was about to prophesy without knowing exactly what we're about to read to you now. Psalm 36 and verse 5. We're going to see the psalmist celebrating the sufficiency and the supremacy of Scripture as the sole source of truth. Your love, O Lord, reaches the heavens. Do you hear the third day song yet? Oh, yeah. Okay. I I can't. I can't do that. Uh, I was in Nirvana, and third day is like they got (laughs) saved, you know, but I, I can't do this. Your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens. Your faithfulness to the skies. Your righteousness 
like the mighty mountains, your justice like the great deep. O Lord, you preserve both man and beast. How priceless is your unfailing love. Does your Bible have an explanation point there? Yeah. Yeah. That, that punctuation is to indicate excitement. Have you gotten so familiar with this passage that it no longer excites you to think about the unfailing love of God? How priceless is your unfailing love, both high and low among men. Some of us are to be really happy about the second half of that sentence. Both high and low among men find refuge in the shadow of your wings. Come on. They feast on the abundance yeah. of your house. You give them drink from your river of delights. For with you is the fountain of life. Yeah. And in your light, we see light. Come on, church. Did you That's hear good. it? Come on. Your love, O oh Lord. Come on, pastor. Reaches to the heaven. Get it? Come on now. See, he was saved in high school. <laughs> He, he was saved in high school. That's why he can do that. <laughs> hey, but I have a question for you. How do we even know what love is? Oh, that I can do. I want you to show it. <laughs> I want to know what love is. Right. How do we even Jen, know I what love is? I need you to show me. <laughs> How can we even possibly know except for the light of God's word that shows it to us? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Come on, as Pastor Way was so... Uh, well-crafted uh, singing the lyrics. Wow, it sounds like Pastor Matthew's been hanging out in a, a microbrewery. <laughs> yes, yes. Well-crafted. Well-crafted. That your righteousness is like the mighty, the mighty mountains. How do we know what his righteousness is? It's from the light of God's Word. When you hear the phrase... The feast of the abundance of his house. What is that? It's the revealed light of God's written word. It sustains, it fills, it feeds. It's even a picture of the showbread that is inside the tabernacle that the psalmist is thinking about. See, the river of delights that we drink from is the very fountain of life. The very light of God's written word that creates, it changes, and it carries us forward. It does. Listen to me closely, church. His light is His Word. Yes. His light is His Word, and there is no substitute for it. In Genesis, God's Word is the light that separated the darkness, and it is still doing so through His written Word. Man, in Exodus... God's word is the light that was the sole source of illumination for his people. It was then, it is now, and it always will be so. Yeah. See, in Samuel, God revealed himself through his written word that created something in Samuel. It changed the nation and it carried it forward even to today. The lamp of God, the written word of God is the sole source of truth. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 6. Yeah. And look at verse 20 and see more of this soul source of truth. Yeah. My son, keep your father's commands and do not forsake your mother's teaching. 
Sounds like a song Peyton wrote here recently. That's a simply good song. Bind them upon your heart forever. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you are awake, they will speak to you. Mm, speak to me. That's better than any alarm I've ever had. Having this fastened around your neck's better than James Avery jewelry. <laughs> uh, there. It's better than Jared's. Uh, oh yeah, amen. For these commands are a lamp. Say lamp. 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 This teaching is a light. Say light. 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 And the corrections of discipline are the way to life. Amen. Come on now. Look, in the darkness, people are always trying to walk by the light of their own truth. Your truth. That's a really ridiculous concept, isn't it? We each have our own it truth. Is. In the light of eternity, there is only one true source of illumination. That is always God's written word. Come on. Yeah. There's no ambiguity in this passage. The commands are a lamp. Yes. The word of God is a lamp for us. Yes. This teaching is a light. Mm. These words of God are a light better than any uh, Thomas Kincaid oh. photo. I mean, painting that you can get. Well, there we That's go. True. He's not the master of light. The word of God is the master of light. Amen. Amen. In fact, the light of God's word guides you as you walk. Mm. They watch over you as you sleep. They speak to you when you wake up. He is the only true source of illumination. In the darkness, men substitute their own ideas as guidance, their own axioms as direction, their own teachings as light. They do this for a very specific reason, to avoid the exposure of correction in the light of God's written word. Wow. The sad thing is this does not create the character of God in them. It does not change their character. And it is a fad that will never carry them forward. No. That's true. The light of God's word illuminated the entirety of creation. It's separating out darkness. It illuminated Goshen, distinguishing his people from those that were dwelling in darkness. It illuminated Samuel's entire course of life. Yeah. Just like it will in yours. Amen. Whether in your workplace, whether in your marriage, whether in your parenting, God's written word is the only source of truth. Amen. Now we want to go to a familiar passage and see if we can shake it up for you just a little bit. Amen. So yeah. that we are preaching specifically to you. Amen. <laughs> Let's go to John 3. We're going to start in verse 19 and you're going to hear a verdict much better than the OJ trial. Come on, 1995, where you at? That's last time I had broadcast television. John 3, 19. This is the verdict. Light, say light, light, has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light. Because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light. And will not come into the light. For fear that his deeds will be exposed. 
But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. Come on, we're going to reread this passage that we just had as John would have understood it when he was writing it. And in uh, in light of what you now know, we're going to create kind of an LCM amplified version. Oh, oh I'm talking about a lampified version. Oh, come on yeah. now. Here's a slide for you. This is the verdict. Come on, you're going to have to help me out. The word has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of the word because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the word and will not come into the word for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the word. So that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. Amen. Yeah, come on. Word to your mother. See, <laughs> next week is Mother's Day. Do you know what we need more of? The, the word. word. Oh, that sounds better than a year's subscription to the latest jelly. Yeah. The word is the gift that continues to give. Yes. Do y'all get what, what happened in John 3? The first chapter of John tells us that the word was light. It also tells us that that word and light were the life of men. That is a consistent homiletic all the way through John. Anywhere you see the word light, you can replace it with the word. You can also replace it with life. Every passage that you do it with makes perfect sense because John introduces that idea in the first chapter. When he thought of light in Genesis, he sees it as the word of God. Amen. Amen. Church, you know, in the darkness, men's deeds and men's hearts are murky and ambiguous because men don't want to be clearly seen. They don't want the light of God's word actually exposing their evil, dark, bitter deeds that they have actually passed off as light. Come on now. In the light of eternity, this exposure in God's word is the only way to perfect you into the image of God. We need the exposure to the light to create the right image. Come on, listen to this passage as I read it to you. This is Psalm chapter 90 and verse 8. Listen to it. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. Wow. When you live by the sole source of truth found in God's word, The exposure to the light forms you into his image. And there can be no substitute. You should desire to have your every action seen plainly. No secret. No hidden sins. You must long for the kind of transparency that has your iniquities clearly displayed by the light of God's word. That's how you get separated from the darkness And the light of God's word perfects you in his presence. Amen. Church, no good idea, no earthly wisdom, no dream, Mm. not even a general revelation will create his image in you, change your character, or carry you forward like the only source of truth. Listen to me. It's the actual written word of God. Amen. Did you hear that, saints? The actual written word of God. Let's turn to 
John chapter 8 and verse 12. Light. Light. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Of course, he could have said, I am the word of God to the world. Yes. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Amen. Many of us have heard this all of our lives. Isn't that true? Yeah. No one in this room, no one in this church would question whether or not Jesus is the light. Because he directly says so. But understand that it's an entirely different thing to actually depend on his word as the only true source of illumination for your daily living. Yeah. See, we need to be careful that we have not worked in substitutes. Amen. Look at the last sentence that's on the screen there. Whoever follows the light of God's word will never walk in darkness. But, but connect with me for just a second. Don't step out of the light to interpret this as believers and non-believers. Yeah. This sole source of illumination says that any area of darkness in your life is because you are not clinging to the light of God's word. And you are accepting a substitute that you are passing off as true light. Wow. Jesus is the word. Which means Jesus is the light. Yeah. Clinging to the light of God's word will cause you to have the light of life. Wow. The darkness will flee in every area of your life as you cling to the light of of God's word. Amen. You want another amazing passage? Yeah. Let's look at John 12 and verse 36. Say light when you get there. Light. 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 Everybody say light when you get there. Light. Put your trust in the light while you have it. Come on. So that you may become sons of light. When he had finished speaking, Jesus left and hid himself from them. Wow. See, Jesus here in this passage again declares that he is the light of God. And he instructs those around him to put their trust in the light of God's written word. Yeah. In fact, saints, Jesus, the walking, breathing Torah, would soon become hidden to them. Yeah. But he left his word so that they could become transformed into the illumination. Transformed into the sons of light. Yeah. That is the very word of God. Amen. Man, that's what I want. Is that what you want? Yeah. yeah. The light of God's word at work in us causes us to not only possess the light, but to be transformed or birthed into the light. Yeah. The word of God, the light that is the word of God, it creates something in us. It changes something in us and it will carry us forward to the rest of the whole world. Yeah. Let's all turn to Matthew chapter 5 and we're going to begin in verse 14. This is a very familiar passage, but we're going to show you something that I know that you haven't seen in it before. Yeah. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14. Say light when you're there. Light. I even know that some of this, for some of you in this room, it's your part of your mezuzah. So listen oh. to what we're about to say to you. You are the light of the world. 
A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Yeah. In the same way, let your light shine before Amen. men that they Amen. may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Amen. Isn't that a good word, church? You are the light of the world. That's a powerful statement. You are supposed to let your light shine in front of men so they can see your glowing deeds and give praise to your Father who's in heaven. Let me ask you, since you're staring at that on the screen, does it say, let your little light shine? Your nursery rhymes are wrong. We don't take this little light of mine and let it shine. There is only one light. The light of God's Word. The light of God's Word is not designed to be diminished. It's not designed to be hidden in darkness. Rather, it is designed to come in full force and separate you from darkness. It'll give light to everyone if that's happening in you. Amen. Church, there's more light to this revelation than what you've considered before. Are you ready for this? I need everybody to tune in with me. Yeah. You are the light of the world only to the extent... That the written word of God is your true sole source of illumination. Wow. I'm going to say it again for you. Yes. You are the light of the world. Only to the extent that the written word of God is your true sole source of illumination in your life. Amen. Pastors, are y'all suggesting that when we add an axiom, when we give a, a thought, when we substitute something that granddaddy told us, that we're diminishing the, the light of God's word and maybe not reflecting the true light of the world? That's exactly that's what That's exactly is. what we're saying. That's devastating because I'm pretty sure that's every one of us. Yeah. Mm. It's imperative, saints, that we have no sugar substitutes. Amen. Sugar substitutes that are rooted in psychology. Mm. No satisfying sayings derived from supposed sods. Wow. No self-directed service. No subjugation to the so-called supremacy of science. That's weird science. (laughs) No secret sins will suffice. The light of God's actual written word is the only True source of illumination that will create, that will change, and will carry forward the kingdom through you to every nation on earth. When we're thinking of every nation on earth, I've been to a bunch of them. They don't need your sinful substitutes. We need to not make Eve's mistake of evolving in our thoughts to determine what is good for food. What is pleasing to the eye and desirable for gaining wisdom. Because that would be you taking darkness and passing it off as light. Mm. Speaking of Eve, see, in the garden, the word was the only true source of victory. Had that been practiced rather than just believed, the world would not be in its current sinful, dark state. Had that been practiced and not just believed. Wow, what do you think we're aiming at today? Simple sons sent into the darkness with the light of God's words are going to create a new city, change the world, and it will carry forward for thousands of generations. Yes. 
See, the word is sufficient, yes. church. The word is supreme, yes. and it is the solution, and it's the summation of the entirety of the story. Amen. That's an encouraging word, isn't it, church? Yes. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 4, and we'll start in verse 4. My mind's still blown thinking about Pastor Sutherland saying, we're building a city. Yeah. It's not based on rock and roll. It's literally founded on the word of God. That is incredible. I think maybe that skipped over some of your heads. The very city that God is building is built upon the word of God. You know what, Pastor? Whenever that's established, the gates of Hades will not prevail over it. It's immovable. It's eternal because it's built upon the nature of God's only source of illumination. Amen. That's his word. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. Light. Yeah. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Mm. The glory of God is revealed through creation to every man. But he gave you a special revelation, special light. Through his written word. Actually, he gave it specifically to Israel. And it was yeah. a mystery that you would get to partake in yeah. it. But you do. Amen. You're holding it in your lap. Amen. Don't accept any substitutes. Amen. Amen. See, here's what this means. It means that our hearts, our, our feelings, mm. must have the light of God's word to displace the shadows of darkness wow. derived from what our hearts feel or our mind thinks or our society tells us what must be done. Wow. Let me say this very carefully. You are the light of the world only to the extent that the written word of God is your true sole source of illumination in your daily practice. Y'all getting it? Let's go to Ephesians 5, and we're going to pick up in verse 8. Somebody say, light. Light. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. I love how God will call the end from the beginning. Amen. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Pay attention to verse 11. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Come on, did you hear what Eric just read in verse 8? You were once darkness. But notice in verse 11. You still have the propensity for shadows inside of you. The written word of God will recreate you. It will change you into his image. It will carry you forward into the light of eternity. Amen. Saints, we want to to encourage you that the true light is shining. And you are beginning to shine with it. The written word of God will expose every dark substitute. But there's a reason why. It's so that you can execute it. Amen. Come on, we, we, uh, we don't want... Spiritual splendor. (laughs) That's not the kind of uh, splendor that the word is promising us. You are and you are becoming the light of God's word to the world. To the extent that the written word of God is your true soul 
source of illumination in your daily practice. That is what will carry you and others forward through eternity. Amen. Come on, speaking about being carried forward into eternity, let's turn to Isaiah 49 and verse 6. Say light when you get there. There you go. It says, he says, it is too small a thing for you to be my servant, to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring those of, and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. Amen. Saints, what we should hear in this scripture is that the light of his written word created you. It changed you and it will carry you forward as a light to the world. As the light, you are to be a light to those who are near you, starting in your home and to those who are far from you. Whether we're talking about your workplace or the dark and distant corners of other lands. What starts in you always works its way outward. The light is the only true source of truth in the world. Come on, think about how that's echoed when we think through the book of Acts. Church, you are to be a light in Jerusalem, a light in Judea, a light in Samaria, and a light to the ends of the earth. This is only as true as the extent that the written word of God is your true sole source of illumination. Amen. We want to illuminate something to you out of Isaiah chapter 50. Now you're all going to want to turn to this because uh, this would be some UV therapy right here. (laughs) Killing off all mold. It's better than drinking a presidential disinfectant. (laughs) Isaiah 50, you guys there? Verse 10. Who among you fears the Lord? And obeys the word of his servant. Let him who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. But now, all you who light fires and provide yourselves with flaming torches, go walk in the light of your fires and the torches you have set ablaze. This is what you shall receive from my hand. You will lie down in torment. Damn, pastor. No, seriously, damned. It is. Lie down in torment. Yeah. In the darkness, men do not want to walk in the light of God's word. They're always trying to light their own fires. Sugary, self-directed substitutes. The purpose is to soothe their own souls and the souls of sinful men. We're not interested in soothing. There must be separation. Mm. Unless we just think this is for someone else somewhere else. Not at all. Church. LCM. Family. We cannot continue in the guilt of this practice. Amen. Let's not claim to walk in the light of God's word while walking under the flaming torches of our own emotions, our own thoughts, Mm. our own plans, our own programs, our own purposes, or our own pursuits, and substitute that for the light of God's written word. Wow. Wow. 
In fact, the light of God's written word, it separates you from such practices as pastor just listed. See, believers who call their darkness light and utilize self-provided torches wow. can expect consequences. They have eliminated the distinction between the pure light of God's word and their own self-generated darkness that they pass off as light. At the very least, their deeds will be burned up. And the worst that can happen is that they will pass into torment in the light of eternity. Wow. Wow. I want to show you how the Apostle Paul put it. Is that all right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to Acts 26 together. When you get to verse 17, somebody say, living in the light. That was so fast. That was lightning fast. It's all right. It's going to give us a chance to hear some of the shy ones. Come on. Somebody stand up and say it. Yeah. Acts 26 verse 17. I am sending you to them. It's the Lord speaking to Paul and Paul recounting it. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from the darkness to light. The word. See, it's, it's been going on like this from the beginning. Listen to it repeated a different way. And from the power of Satan to God. So that they may receive forgiveness of sins in a place among those who are sanctified, which is another way to say separated by faith Mm. in me. Mm. See, church, there can be no mixture inside of us. What does darkness have to do with light? There can be no other luminary sources for you. Only just the light of God's written word. Mm. Church, we want you to know that we must have bold, clear lines that are defined by the light of God's word. He has created us as children of the light. We change others into the sons of light and we carried forward to the darkness with the light of God's written word so that darkness is exposed and those who want to escape can and those who want to cling to their sinful ways actually do you know this is really why we don't wait to tell a muslim about israel it's also why we don't change our story when speaking to someone who's impoverished and refuse to talk to him about giving it's why we don't refrain from telling a foreigner that he must also take the gospel to the nations we accept no substitutes to the word of God. No amendments. Yeah. Amen. His written word is everything. Yeah. This is important even if the substitute feels sugary sweet, supremely scientific, <laughs> or like a sultry, satisfying secret sowed that you got personally. Wow. The word is the only true source yeah. of illumination. Amen. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 60. When you do that, You're going to see something. You're going to see how Paul's method came about. Because even the Apostle Paul did not create his own method of evangelism. He was reading Isaiah 60, and out of Isaiah 60, he gets his method. Come on now. Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 1. Say light when you're there. Light. It says, arise, shine, for your light. For the word has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See darkness, those deceiving, 
substituted thoughts that covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light. They will come to the word and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons from afar and your daughters are carried on the arm. Then you will look and be radiant. You know why you're radiant? Because you're the sons of light. Yes. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you, the riches of the nations will in fact come. Amen. Saints, when thinking about this very scripture that Pastor just shared with you, we want to remind you that you are the light of the world. To the extent that the written word of God is your true sole source of illumination in your daily practice. Listen, the word of God, the light of God, the written word will genuinely create, will genuinely change, and will genuinely carry us forward and allow you to carry others forward all the way into eternity. That's what the word of God is sufficient and supreme for. Amen. Let's go to a good one. Is that all right? Yes. You want to do it? Y'all give up on us already? No. Tisdale, you with me? Man, we have a Viking haircut and a giant beard with us. Romans 13 <laughs> and verse 12. The night is nearly over. <laughs> Praise, Praise God. God. Yes. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light, which is God's word. The armor of God's word. See, darkness passed off as light. It only perpetuates defeat and deception. The deeds of darkness can't create. The deeds of darkness can't change. The deeds of darkness cannot carry forward. Only the armor of God's word can do that. That ought to make us ask, why would we arm ourselves with psychology? Why would we arm ourselves with the feeble arm of science? Whether psychology, science, sentiments, or sayings that are destined to pass away, why would we do it? You have been given eternal, sufficient, supreme amen. light of God's word. Amen. That ought to be everything. Yeah. Come on. Somebody say amen. 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 Let's all turn to John chapter 12. When you find verse 47, let us know that you're there by saying light. We're about Here's, to go to night court. That's right. <laughs> Here's what it says. As for the person who hears my words, but does not keep them, I do not judge him. That's interesting. Surprising. For I did not come to the world to judge the world, but to save it. Ah, but there is a judge Uh for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. That very word which I spoke will condemn him at the last day. Saints, in reading this, this is a statement of staggering proportions. You will not be judged by the blonde hair, blue-eyed, golden-diapered, 
Six pound, eight ounce baby Jesus. Get him, Ricky Bobby. Get him. Oh, man. Now, your judge, my judge, is the very word of God because it is the only true source Amen. of illumination in the world. Amen. See, saints, substitutes will not satisfy the requirements of judgment. The only thing that will suffice is the word of God. Yeah. Now, I have a question for you. Have you been sold substitutes by Satan that were masquerading as an angel of light? Whew. They may feel good. They may even seem like wisdom to you. But will they stand up to the searing heat of the light of God's word? Will you be comfortable when the earth and sky flee from his presence wow. with the substitutes that you utilize? Wow. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Look at verse 5 to get some further instruction. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait till the Lord comes. He will bring to light. We say it a different way. He will bring to the word what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of men's hearts. Amen. At that time, each will receive his praise from God. See, we're not passing judgment on you now. Indeed, we... We don't even judge ourselves. What we're doing is simply getting acquainted with the judge. Yeah. That is the word of God. Amen. Because it's the only true source of illumination into eternity. And we want it judging us now so that we yes. will not be judged later. Amen. That's a See, good word. What we're saying is that the word of God is exposing sinful substitute in us now. So that we are not condemned by the word of God in eternity. Wow. Amen. So it begs us to ask you some questions. Have you propagated your own ideas when pastoring your wife? Have you pro- You know what, honey? Do you know what I think? What difference does what I think make? It's about the word. That's right. Have you proliferated your own ideas when parenting your children? Uh-oh. You're going to the University of Alabama. You are going to play football and you're going to be an engineer too. Because that's what they feel like doing. Have you promoted your own ideas in the place that you work? I really like the prayer of Jabez. Can we just put it on the wall? We, you're all blessed. God's going to expand your tent. All of you are champions. Mm. The word of God is the only true source of illumination into eternity. We have such an advantage. And I want to show you that advantage because the Lord loves you. He loves us and he is elevating us, I promise. Second Peter 1 and verse 19. Just let me know you're there by saying the word. Because the light was always the word. From the very beginning, light and word are synonymous. Second Peter 1 19. And we have the word of the prophets made more certain. Centuries have gone by and we've seen it create. We've seen it change. We've seen it carry forward in men's lives. You have it made more certain. And you will do well to pay attention to it. The Word. Amen. Man, we don't need anything else. We have to pay attention to the Word. Amen. 
As to a light. What is light, saints? The Word. As to the Word shining in a dark place. Man, is it shining on our sinful substitutes now? Until the day dawns and the morning rises in your hearts, you're going to be fully sons of light. Amen. Church, you are the light of the world to the extent that the written Word of God is your true sole source of illumination in your daily practice. Mm. You must examine your substitutes. You must expose your substitutes. You must execute your substitutes. Let's get on our case for a minute. As charismatics, we clearly believe that the Lord speaks today. Somebody say amen. 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 His spirit co-witnesses to the truths of the canon, but he never replaces, amends, or makes substitutions for those truths. Come on. As charismatics, we need to take this word from Jeremiah very seriously. Jeremiah chapter 23, and we're going to begin in verse 28. Jeremiah 23 and 28, and everybody needs to get there with us. Say the word when you get there. Jeremiah 23, 28 says this. Let the prophet who has a dream tell us his dream. But let the one who has my word speak it faithfully. Oh, amen. For what has straw, somebody say straw, straw, to do with grain, declares the Lord. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord? Fire. And like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. Mm. See, saints, your dreams, your revelations, your spiritual intuition are invaluable to the extent that it flows from and it reflects the Word of God as the only true source of illumination. Other than that, they are straw. Straw. Straw that will be burned up in the light of God's Word. Look, as a Christian, in this passage, you are likened unto a rock to the extent that you personally reflect God's Word as the only true source of illumination. But other than that, according to this passage, the Word is a hammer that will break you to pieces. Amen. The Word of God is the foundation of the heavens and the earth. It is the foundation of every Christian and the true church. See, the Word of God is the only foundation that can be laid in light of eternity. We must accept no substitute. Amen. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians 3. We'll start with verse 11. Amen. Say the word whenever you're there. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ, the word. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, straw. his work will be shown for what it is. Because the day will bring it to light, the Word. It will be revealed with fire, the Word. And the fire, the Word, will test the quality of each man's work, dreams, revelations, spiritual intuition. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping 
through the flames. Look, if you're supplementing the word with substitutes, relying on your heart, feelings, ecstatic religious experiences, the word will judge them and will burn them like straw because the word is the only true source of illumination and it will suffer no substitutes in your life. Yeah. It is as easy to identify a kind of tree by its fruits as it is easy to identify a substitute by what it produces. Wow. Substitutes do not create the actual kingdom. No. They do not change someone from the power of Satan to the power of God. And they do not carry forward the kingdom into the generations beyond. See, they're only fads. It's only fodder. It's only straw. And that will be burned up. One clear way to recognize this is in your thoughts now, examine your own life. God said to me, really? Because if 20 years have passed and it hasn't happened and you haven't done it, did God really say, or are you building a house out of straw? Mm. See, this will cause us to clean up what we're doing. Amen. It will cause us Amen. to put our foot on the permanent firm foundation of God's written word. Amen. And that's the only thing that will actually matter. Yeah. Saints, so passing off your substitutes as light is exactly what Isaiah rebuked a previous generation of believers for when he said, and I'll quote, I'll quote this to you. It's what we read earlier. Isaiah 520. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. I'm asking, uh, as we read yet another familiar passage, for you to look at it with new eyes. Are y'all ready to do that? Yeah. We won't waste your time today. We're, we're nearing an end, but it's, it's extremely important that you get this. It's been working on us, and we want it to work in you. Let's go to 1 John 1. We're going to pick up in verse 5, and I'm asking you, the congregation, out loud. Everybody got me? Out loud. Every time you hear the word light, you respond the word of God. Amen. All right. So pretend that you're in the ritualistic uh, ecclesiastical uh, systems that you came out of and we're doing responsive reading. And for those of you that came from Church of Christ, there'll be no stringed instruments while we do this. So just revert for a minute. Are you ready? I think it'll make the point. First John 1 5. This is the message we have heard from him and declared to you. God is light. The word of God. In him there is no darkness at all. No substitutes. If we claim to have fellowship with him yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light. The word of God. As he is in the light. The word. We have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us. From all sin. Amen. Wow. I'm, I'm kind of stuck on this idea about substitutes. Yeah. See, with my background, it really makes me think about it maybe different. Not just a, su a sugary substitute. But I think as a teacher, and much more as a principal, the issue of substitutes. Yeah, see, we loved them. <laughs> we loved them. Now, substitute. see, depending on what kind of student you were, you have different thoughts about substitutes. <laughs> That's right. Eric may have loved the substitute. Yeah, I did. As a principal, I did not. 
See, they, they, I'm, I'm, the more that I think about it now, they have really some of the same characteristics as the substitutes that we hold on to. See, the problem is, is that person is not the actual teacher. They're not the real teacher in the room. Even worse, and what, uh, if you were a bad student, you loved about them is they had zero authority to be able to control the room. Right. It was awesome. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> I loved having substitutes. Because <laughs> the truth of the matter is, they really didn't teach in the first place. If we caused enough chaos, we knew we could manipulate them to just pacify us with what was minimal to get by through that day in class. That's true. And we also knew something that was, it was true. You ain't going to be around here for long. You're temporary. We're going to see you leave in the next couple of days. <laughs> The same thing that we're saying about these substitutes are true about every substitute in your life. Your axioms are not the genuine teacher. Your axioms, your good sayings, your, your own personal habits, they have no real authority. They don't actually teach anyone uh, about God's judgment, about his salvation, about creation, change, or carrying forward. They actually just pacify people. Your, your axioms are temporary and will burn up. But the word of God will stand forever. Substitutes, they're not there on the testing day. That's why I loved them. Might be why you love a different kind of substitute in your life. There's no real test in it. It all just feels good. In fact, the thing that I like most about substitute teachers, I'm thinking Miss Bay, (laughs) it was playtime. It was playtime the whole time. You know, there, it was just, man, I just want everybody to feel good, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, y'all want donuts? You, 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 you want to go run for a pizza? Substitute teacher doesn't care because they have no real responsibility. It's playtime. Mm. Well, that's exactly what substitutes in your life are like. Yeah. They're playtime. Your insecurity that you don't know the word, your fear that you don't have what it takes, just causes you to kind of run off at the mouth with playtime. Little things that, you, you, you know what mama said? Mom, mom, mama said alligators is angry because they, they got all those teeth and little arms that won't brush them. <laughs> like Spencer. <laughs> See, axioms... Axioms, even humorous anecdotes in church, we love them because they're playtime. But let me ask, what will happen when we face the actual judge? See, I want to be acquainted with the judge that is the word of God now. I want to rely on him now. He's the only true source of illumination. Church, this is why we're spending so much time talking to you about substitutes. Eric mentions donuts and the beautiful little Arius girls light up like a, like a, like a candle. They're just so excited. Yes, we want donuts. Yes, we do. Of, of course we do. Of course we want those things that give us immediate gratification. See, what we're trying to show you is that in the light of God's word, all of these other things are going to be burned up like straw. Yeah. The Lord has been speaking to our hearts about it. And this is why we're trying to transfer this to you today. 
We're trying to allow you to evaluate things that you've held on to. And they sound right. They sounded good. They, they went down nice and easy. And they made you feel happy for a few moments. But they're not producing in you what the actual written word of God says that it will. It will create, it will change, it will carry you forward. And in every area that you have a substitute, you have darkness. But the Lord is shining his light on it today. Amen. We have two scriptures and then we're going to close. And uh, I promise there's still very good stuff. I want to shine the light on uh, mistakes that I have made. Let me do that because as we walk through that journey quickly, it, it it will help you. I want to start by telling you the things that have built the ministry that have lasted. In uh, the early 90s, I was reading Matthew 7, 21. And when reading it, later that day, the Lord spoke to me audibly. I want you to understand that him speaking audibly is still secondary in every way to the scripture. In fact, what he spoke to me only explained what I had been reading. Okay, That's, that's how I got born again. When we started this ministry, the name of the ministry. We didn't get a name of the ministry and then go look for a scripture. I was reading 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 18, and the name came to me. So the names never needed to be changed or amended because the word itself spoke it to me. When we moved to Texas... I was reading Exodus 15, 13 about God loving Israel and redeeming them and then got a prophecy that even as Moses had called the children out of Egypt, I was to move west and call people out of darkness. See, the the prophecy is not before the scripture. The prophecy helped me understand what God was saying to me about the scripture. The whole attitude of this church, James 2, 18, I will show you my faith by what I do. We didn't decide to be that way and then go look for James 2.18. We were reading James 2.18 and it struck us as incredibly important and we wanted it to define things here. I was reading Zechariah 4 about two anointed standing beside a menorah and knew that it was not okay to work here alone, that there had to be a second anointed man that God had called. It came from Zechariah. I didn't have a vision of Matthew and then go look in Zechariah. Zechariah is what happened. Then I had visions and revelations about it. Acts 16, the sign above you. I was reading Acts 16 and saw that a single life changed caused a family to be changed and that family shaped a nation and that axiom comes out of Acts 16. I didn't decide, you know, it'd be really cool is if our church had this saying where everything kind of worked off of one. No, I was reading Acts 16 and then these are the things that have lasted. One more. Exodus 1527, they came to Elim where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees. I didn't say, you know, I want to start an association of churches. Let me go see how I can justify doing that. I was reading Exodus 1527 and out of that, I knew that I had to start churches. I knew it. Now, what I just did was tell you everything of worth that has happened in my life over 30 years. You know what I'm not telling you? All of the sugary substitutes. I was like, man, I really want to support folks and I want to do something. You know what? Let's buy a bus and do homeless ministry. That's straw. It's burned up. The only thing we got from that at all is what you learned while doing it. 
because it was not birthed out of an encounter in the scripture that caused us to do it. It was self-directed. It was satisfying. It made us feel like we were doing something. But ultimately, three years in and thousands of dollars, the Lord told me to come back to what he actually said and stop doing what I wanted to do. See, I've had many, many more substitutes in my life. They don't last. They don't produce real lasting fruit. They are a fad. But the things that actually came from his word, they're with us today. They'll be with us tomorrow. They won't fade away even when the heavens and the earth do. Come on, that's a good word. Come on, somebody say thank you, Eric. What you are benefiting now, the church, not the building, but what the Lord has done in this church, the things that have been built upon the sure foundation of the word of God and the word of God alone has impacted your life. It has impacted my life. It has changed us in every way. It's created something in us. It's carrying us forward. This is why we're talking to you today is because you want, we want you to have those same experiences in your life. We want you to have something to present to the king, to the judge on the day that you must and say, yes, these are the things that we can offer to you because we built them upon your written word. Amen. See, we want to close with a view in light of eternity of what God is building. And church, you have fled the darkness to take hold of it. Let's all turn to Revelation 21. Amen. And we're going to look at verse 23. Amen. And what is the light? The word. The word. Revelation 21, 23. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it the word. The word. Yeah. And the lamb is its lamp. It's the word. Amen. The nations will walk by its light. The, the, the word. word. And the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. It's the word, church. Oh, do you hear that, church? The kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. Not the substitute of splendor, but splendor. One that is nothing equal to it. I'm talking about, I'm not talking about sweet and low. I'm talking about sweet and high. Yeah! I'm talking about the truth and not trivia. No substitutes. That's what you're going to build the city of God with, the word of God. Amen. Let's go to Revelation chapter 22 and verse 5. There will be no more night, no dark, deceiving substitutes. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun. For the Lord God will give them light, the word, and they will reign forever and ever. Amen. Those that live in the only true source of illumination, well, they will live in it forever. Those lighting their own fires will live in them forever. And worse, they'll be denied the life that results from God's actual written 
word. The entirety of the focus of today about the written word of God, that light that has come, is so that you might examine your daily practice, your practical application. Are you a light shining in a dark place because you reflect the actual written word of God? In your marriage, in your parenting, in your workplace, have you stood in the torch of your feelings, your opinions, thoughts, and emotions? We're not asking you to regret it. We're asking you to repent of it. Well, that sits on you for a second because we're, we're closing in prayer. I want to tell you that I don't know how there's anybody in the room that could be innocent in this regard. And we knew that when we were preaching it. I think this is where Micah 7-8 comes into play. And you don't have to turn there. I just want to share it with you. Don't gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, though I've utilized substitutes with my wife, with my children in the workplace, though I've leaned on my own feelings, though I've, I've done these things, I will rise. Though I sit presently guilty of darkness, sit in those substitutes, the Lord will be my light, the Word of God. What we are expecting to happen right here is not condemnation. It is conviction that calls you to the high ground of the Word that you can identify without us having to do it for you. In this area, I've leaned on what my mother said. In this area, I have done what my grandfather told me to do. In this area, I've been going by Google wisdom. Because the Word of God is both sufficient and supreme and is your only hope of separating darkness out of your life. Would you stand to your feet? Father, we're asking now, in this moment, that because you love your children, because you are a good father, Lord, would you show us every area of darkness in our own lives where we've relied on things other than your truth, other than your written word. Lord, our charismatic experiences, our warm, fuzzy feelings, all of the substitutes so that we might amputate them and replace them with the written word of God that is Christ. We want you formed in us, Lord. We want you fully matured in us that we accurately reflect you. We love you, Jesus, and we say, Spirit of holiness, come and move on us. Come and teach us. Come and power us here and now.